Hey, Grounds for Discussion podcast listeners, we need your help. We're looking for ways to engage with our audience, and we'd love to hear what you think. Send us your book suggestions for future episodes. We'll read and review them and maybe even include your review on the podcast. You can reach us with your suggestions at groundsfordiscussionpodcast at gmail.com. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Welcome back to Grounds for Discussion. I'm Becky. And I'm Laura. And today we are talking about the book Salt to the Sea by Ruta Septis. I don't know how you say her last name. Do you? I, I wasn't sure either. I was In my head I said Sepetis. Oh, that's probably... I have a, no idea. That's probably a lot closer. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. I wondered if it was... Um, a like a eastern european or something i don't know yeah. i don't know what the origin of that name is i was kind of curious yeah it's spelled s-e-p-e-t-y-s so do with that what you will but <laughs> yeah <laughs> um <laughs> so uh before we talk about the book uh do you want to talk about coffee i mean always okay <laughs> I have to tell you, I went to Starbucks, so we went to Gatlinburg. <gasps> Yay! Yeah. Um. Uh. Let's see. A couple of weeks ago, we went to Gatlinburg as a family vacation. We had an awesome time, and um, the morning that we were going to travel back, I went to Starbucks, which, if any of you have ever been to Gatlinburg, it's just so touristy. Like, I don't know if it was just picking up for the summer or what, but it took me... Going through <laughs> two drive throughs Well, I ended up going into Starbucks, but it took me two hours. I was like, holy cow. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah, so much for, like, oh, getting an wow. early start there. Um, but anyway, so all that to say, I went into Starbucks. I was like, I need something for the trip back home. And I was like, what could I have? You know, I've been trying to, like, stay away from sugar and stuff like that. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just get like a regular coffee and just have them put like some sugar-free vanilla in it. And instead of just getting like regular coffee, I decided to get pour over. I do not know if pour over takes forever usually, but it took them like 20 (laughs) minutes to do it. Is that normal? It. You know, it does take a little bit. Okay. I don't know. 20 minutes seems a little excessive, but <laughs> I have, um, I, I have found that, um, Starbucks in general, cause I, I mean, I go more than I used to yeah. I right now. I don't know. I go through periods where I kind of go places more right. and periods where I make more at home and I'm always trying to balance like, okay, I probably, you know, shouldn't go cause yeah. it costs too much or right. that kind of thing. But anyway, right. um, but I do feel like they've been kind of like I mean I think people are out and about a lot more now yeah and so I think a lot of people are starting to like be like well I'm sick of being in my house and so you know so I think they're getting kind of like inundated at the moment yeah and it it, and to add on top of that a place that's like a touristy place yeah I know people are traveling like a lot more this summer too oh yeah so yeah you know it was crazy Um, there well I yeah. When I was waiting, I was like, I'll never get this again. It takes forever. But then when I tasted it, <laughs> it was so good. And let me tell you, I've tried to get it, it like, here again, and it took, like, maybe, five, you know, five minutes, like, to wait or whatever. Okay. And it wasn't nearly as so, good. Oh, yeah. okay. So I was like, what did they do? Did they, like, do it the correct way? Or did, like, does it... When it takes longer, does it taste better? I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe you just had a really good barista in Gatlinburg and maybe not quite as good. Yeah. (laughs) Wherever else you went later. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but it was, it was really, really good. Like so smooth. Didn't have any burnt taste at all. It was, it was really good. I 
So yeah, a good pour over is really good. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I don't do it that often because it does take a little bit longer. It does, you know, yeah. like um, it takes some time, but. I don't know about 20 minutes. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> now, well, maybe absolute start to finish if you're starting from your beans and get maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Well, but they, then, they did only little. have like four workers and that place was hopping, man. Like there were at least I believe 20 it. orders at like any given time. So I know that they were busy, but it was crazy. <laughs> So this is a total tangent, but have you, do you like, this is weird, but like my phone gives me um, news articles and of course it's learned that I like coffee. Yeah. So I end up seeing all this stuff about coffee. Yeah. And so I end up with a lot of different like Starbucks news or different things like that. And I have noticed in the last, you know, couple of months that I keep seeing stuff about like Starbucks getting inundated with TikTok orders. Oh. (laughs) Like people... Like, we'll go on TikTok and be like, hey, I ordered this thing at Starbucks. Here's the recipe. And it'll be, like, 25 ingredients. Oh, my goodness. And, like, blend this and make that and then put it all together and blah, blah, blah. You know, like, really ridiculous orders. Yeah. And apparently they're, like, catching on. Okay. And people are going to Starbucks and being like, hey, I saw this on TikTok. Can you make this? You know. And so it's backing up the orders yeah, and everything. That's and I'm crazy. like, oh my word! I really, do feel people? bad because for workers because I know that like pretty much every place right now is short on workers. So I yes. I did see one girl making all the drinks, and then another girl was working on my drink, and then there was a cashier, and that was about it. <laughs> So I know yeah. that they were low on workers too. <laughs> I, I know. I feel so bad for them. Like, I'm so sorry, you guys. Yeah. Like, I always feel bad ordering, like, because I, de- I tend to be kind of like fussy and be like, well, can I get the <laughs> this kind of milk and the this kind of, you know, like, yeah. whatever. And I, I don't feel bad about that anymore because right. I'm telling you what, the guy behind me is ordering from TikTok. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, um. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Yeah. Mine is nothing compared to that. (laughs) Yeah. And I know, again, you know, I worked there a jillion years ago. Yeah. So it's totally different now. Yeah. But I know for me, I didn't mind when people ordered things that were different, but were real things. Right. You know, like, like, can you switch out the milk or can you do this or whatever. Simple stuff. Yeah, that's totally not a big deal, but I I can see where. 25... ingredients that is like yeah unbelievable what all do you you put every single syrup in there come on what are you putting in there (laughs) like like dried berries and all kinds of i don't even it's ridiculous but anyway well what about you of course i understand i do understand though that my drink is crazy to most people so it's i i get it like i understand you want it how you want it and that's fine there's levels and to of black crazy. coffee drinkers, <laughs> you know, to a black coffee drinker, yeah, my my stuff is ridiculous right, too. Right, right. So I, you know, anyway. what I think our aunt calls it candy <laughs> coffee, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is it Aunt Carol? I think so. Yeah, she drinks I think just Carol straight up black. <laughs> yeah, I just drink black. What are you guys drinking? That's candy. Coffee. Yeah, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. <laughs> Did I tell you the um, first time I made her coffee? No. Oh, Tell I, me. I, I hope this isn't a repeat, but I made her, it was back, I don't know, I was probably in high school, and she came for a visit. She lives in Oklahoma, and she... You drank coffee in high school? No, I was just making it for her. I didn't drink oh, it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. They got you to make the coffee, yeah. and you didn't even drink coffee? No, I like, don't even know, know why they it? wanted me to. I was just like, oh, I, I don't know if I volunteered. I don't know. I don't know how this all went down, but I do remember I made the coffee, of course, not following directions because I don't do that. I don't measure things out. (laughs) I just pour and, you know, whatever. And she took a sip like it was black coffee. She took a sip of it. She's like, oh, wow, you might want to add some water to that. (laughs) It was so, it was like sludge. It was so thick. That is hilarious. Oh, my word. I can't believe, like, you must have volunteered or something. Because why would they ask you, I don't, a non-coffee drinker? I don't know. Well, maybe she was like, coffee, well, you've like... seen me do it. You know, if you want to make it, that's fine or something. I don't remember. But 
Yeah. That is hilarious. It was pretty funny. I, my first coffee making experience. And it's kind of funny because I still make my coffee really strong. Like, really strong. I will say, my coffee is a lot. I mean, I remember making coffee for... I think it was at Maryland. Okay. But this was, like, later when I drank coffee. Yeah. And um, I think I made French press, and she found it really strong oh, as well. yeah. Because I think she's used to drinking just black, plain black coffee or yep. whatever, and mm-hmm. she had never had French press. Yeah. So I I could see where, yeah. Yeah. Like, because I, I drink it that way, too, but then again, I almost always put something in it. Yes. I you know. know. So. Yeah. It is strong, so see but where, then we put, you know creamer in it or whatever so yeah yes <laughs> yeah anyway so a million years later we can go we can talk on coffee forever we could anyway. we could so let's get to salt <laughs> of the sea then <laughs> yes okay so this book um had four main characters in it do you remember how it started out because i thought it was really interesting how this book started yeah, all so for the four main narrators each start out by saying guilt uh-huh. is something motivated so by, jo- you know. Yes. Um, so Joanna says guilt is a hunter. Mm-hmm. Florian says fate is a hunter. Oh, I'm sorry, it's the hunter part. Yes, the hunter is the reason. Yes, yes, fate is a hunter. Then Amelia says shame is a hunter. Mm-hmm. And then Alfred says fear is a hunter. Yes. And so these are the four main um, narrators or voices. Yeah. And they kind of go back and forth between these four different voices and, to tell the story. Yeah. And the whole time you're kind of trying to figure out, like, I almost felt like I was behind a little bit when I started the book because I was like, oh, is like, is there, not that there's something I should know, but I'm just, the, I was trying yeah. to figure out the whole time, okay why is guilt her hunter, you know? And I guess, I mean, to me, that was interesting to start out that way. I kind of enjoyed it because it it got me right away thinking, okay, she's motivated by fear. Why is she motivated by fear? Um, So I kind of liked the beginning. But those four characters, you get to, you know, learn about them, obviously, more throughout the book. So you said there was... Joanna and she was motivated Joanna by 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 guilt guilt yeah so yeah. she was I would say she was probably the most that you heard from maybe or the most yeah I would say if, if I had to choose a main narrator it'd probably be Joanna yeah and she starts out the book yeah so the basic premise is these four people um don't know each other but they end up meeting along the way as they're all traveling toward the Baltic Sea, mm-hmm. or is it the North Sea? That's really sad Ooh. that I don't remember that. But anyway, I think it's the Baltic. Yeah, I think so. And they are, um, they're trying to get to the Baltic Sea. It's the end of World War Two. It's co- World War Two is coming to an end. Yep. And they're all German refugees, basically. Yeah. Or they're going through Germany, yes. basically. Um, and everyone's trying to get as far west as they can, mm-hmm. basically, um, to get away from the communist arm or the red army, yep. the Russians yeah. coming from the East. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Joanna, yeah, Joanna, um, is a nurse by training mm-hmm. and she is like everybody else, just trying to get as far west as she can to get away from the invading army. Yeah. Um, Florian, you want to tell about Florian? He's the yeah. So um, he worked with this famous. Um, well, he like the man that he worked for collected art for Hitler, right? Yes, uh, I yeah, can't remember uh, his boss's name, but um, he uh, along the way, like he's by himself when you meet him. And you're wondering, why is he traveling by himself? Why isn't he with, you know, his boss? And all all through the the war, he was helping to collect these pieces of art. So, and then... To, to quote unquote, save them. Yes. Yeah. Which we all know what that means. (laughs) You know, they they weren't just trying to save it. I mean, they, they really did, I mean... There really did need to be a kind of a hiding of the treasures. Yeah. But they were taking these from 
all over. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And it says that he was driven or hunted by fate. So, um, yeah, he, he actually ends up meeting Joanna and her little group of people that are traveling together, which I thought her group of people were, um, kind of fun. Like they were all quirky and in their own way. And, um, uh, just interesting to read about. There was one lady that was blind, um, and she had like a, a really good sense of, uh, what was going on around her. There was like this older man who kind of took this little boy. The under, poet. Yeah. Who took this little boy under his wing. And um, yeah, that relationship I thought was really, really sweet. Like, every, yeah. Yeah. I just love that relationship. And, um, and then there was the really tall chick. Do you remember her? <laughs> she was like a giant. I want to say her name was like, Eva or something. I can't remember her name, but yeah, she was um, really tall and she was just very like matter of fact about everything. She Uh would just say exactly what she was thinking. Yeah. And that, yeah, uh, yeah, I just, I liked the little group that she kind of followed along with. So there's Joanna, Florian, and then there was Amelia. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Amelia? Yeah, so Amelia kind of, um, she joins the group at the very beginning of the book. She's stuck um, by herself trying to make her way west like everybody else in the whole of Germany. Mm -hmm. And um, she ends up getting found by a Russian soldier. And um, that's, she's basically saved from that situation by Florian. Yes. Florian ends up stumbling upon this whole scene and he kills the Russian soldier. Mm -hmm. And so of course, Amelia is just like so grateful and she kind of like sees him as her like knight in shining armor and she just wants to follow him and be by him. She's not like in love with him. She just is so like grateful to him um, that she just kind of follows him around like a puppy dog. Yeah. And he really (laughs) Um, does not um, want or enjoy that. He's, he kind of yeah. uh, wants to just push her aside and be like, you know. Well, what? he's because, yeah, he's traveling by himself and he doesn't want to be encumbered yeah. by a group. So in the beginning, he tries to kind of like get away from the group. Yeah. He's, he sort of, you know, sneaks out in the night and um, tries to go it on his own and ends up just finding you know finding them again and you know so they continue to travel together but you find out later on why he doesn't want to be traveling with a group and why he wants to be on his own right so and then there's alfred who wasn't traveling with the group but you hear his story he actually works on the ship that uh joanna and florian and amelia end up on he's like the lowest of the low deck person, right? Like, he doesn't... Yeah, he's just a basic sailor. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He'd be like a private. Yeah. All the trash jobs go to him. But yep. he thinks very highly of himself. And he's yeah. he's German, and he is very indoctrinated with, you know, the German, uh, the Nazi uh, propaganda. So... Yes. Um... Yeah, and his, he was uh, really driven by, I think, rejection and fear. Um, Yeah. And this whole time that you uh, hear about him, read about him, he's talking about this woman named Henelore. Um, He's writing her letters in his head. Um, And uh, you come to find out that I mean it sounds like love letters you know but yeah uh, you find out later that there was no relationship there in fact there was like animosity and um she was not you know his his girlfriend his fiance um so but in the beginning you think oh this must be someone he's writing to at home (laughs) you know yeah. But you, yep. you find out differently. So anyway, those are the four main characters. Um, I, I'm i curious what, if any, characters affected you um, and why. 
I would say I felt the most, um, I don't know if I want to call it affinity or just kind of like related to, I yeah. guess. I guess I kind of related the most to Joanna. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but I don't really know why, because the thing is, I, I mean, she's kind of a natural leader yeah. and that's not really me. Yeah. So I'm not sure why, but I sort of saw her as being, um, the reliable voice Yeah. in a way. Yeah. And, um, so whenever she was talking, I sort of believed it a little more. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I, I wouldn't say that I necessarily like felt any, you know, like similarity to her. I just felt she was maybe the most relatable in a way. Yes. I, that I think sense. that that was on purpose because I actually felt the same way. I, okay. I related to her the most or she, her story affected me the most, I guess, because it was not like this outrageous, uh, like all the other characters were interesting to read about, but I feel like I couldn't necessarily put myself in their shoes. Like, yeah, Amelia, uh, yeah, like she had a really hard time. Her parents pretty much sold her into, like, had her go to this farm for safety and she ended up being abused and, uh, and kind of just, you know, like seen as a second class citizen yeah. because she, you know, she didn't have her family to support her. And I, I actually think it may have been her, her aunt and uncle's house or something. So it was family, but for some reason they just kind of, um, hmm. seemed to like turn into this, um, you know, we can only save us kind of mentality yeah. and we don't have the, we don't have the mental strength to be able to save anyone extra right. almost. Right. So they, she was just kind of a sacrifice to them and they kind of just used her as a workhorse. And then, mm -hmm. you know, um, she ended up being abused because they right. didn't see her as, as important as their family right. to save right. basically. And then there's Florian who's working with, you know, someone close to Hitler, it's like, oh, I can't really picture, uh, that experience. It's, again, it's interesting to read about, but I can't really, like, think of myself in, in that story. Yeah, I can't relate. Yeah. Only because, not because I'm, I'm so like, oh, I'd be too good for that. No. I, would, I would never work with, but only because I don't have those kind of ambitions to, like, get to the top of the heap, you know? Yeah. Like, I would never, I don't, I can't see myself being... Um, being able to climb right. the, the social, you know, status enough to be able to work with some of the great yeah. art people, right. you know? And it just um, seems like so. such a, a, um, a, a huge story. Like, it, it seems like, yeah. oh, wow, that's a crazy story. I could never yeah. see myself in that position, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a very prestigious yeah. um kind of place to be and so he has a very important mission mm -hmm. that I just can't really mm -hmm. imagine being a part of yeah. I guess. And then Alfred, oh my goodness, he just whoo, he he was yeah. so he was very racist. He was very like self-absorbed. Almost he's, he's a narcissist. Yeah, yeah. narcissist. Like, he just, he's almost a psychopath. Like he he was yeah. very, very strange. Um, so, you know, I didn't really relate to that either. So I guess because of that, I related to Joanna the most. And I think yeah. um, she was she was always kind of watching out for everybody else around her. And she was always thinking about everybody else and wanting to make sure that everyone was okay. And she was almost like a mother to the group. Yeah. Um, and yeah. in that, I did see myself you know, wanting to take care of people. And so I could yep. definitely relate to that. And I, it hadn't really occurred to me before, but it almost seems like there's the full strata of the socioeconomic, you know, mm -hmm. spectrum. Yeah. You've got Joanna who, well, you've got, I, I would say probably Florian must have come from kind of the higher, yes, you know, socioeconomic, you know, Yeah, wasn't his father well-known or something? 
I, I can't remember, but I know, it, I mean, in order to get to the position he was in, he had to have had some pretty big connections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it couldn't, I, I can't imagine it was just him kind of Random. working his way up yeah. there. You know, yeah. like, oh, you know, I managed to work my way into being the person who takes care of all the art. Right. I mean, you right. know, that's pretty big. So you've got him, and then you've got, you know, um, Joanna, who yeah. really, I would say, is probably the most middle class yes. of of the group, yeah. she sort of, you know, she she left her her family, but it seems like it was mostly willingly, and she went to do a job. She went to be a nurse, mm-hmm. um, and help, and um, and then there's, you know, Amelia, who seems that she's probably more on the lower end of, yes. um, of this of of the spectrum there. Yeah. At least that's how it appeared to me, mm-hmm. um, at, because her family, uh, they were, and that's how it goes. Yep. When when really bad things happen, the really lower end of people just don't have a lot of choices, yep. mm-hmm. and they end up having to send their children away mm-hmm. or do you know yep. that kind you know yeah. Um, and then there's Alfred, who I would say maybe was just a notch above that, just kind of an average, yep. you know. Average Joe living in Germany during this time and, yeah. you know, ends up being a sailor. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I sort of thought that was interesting. It didn't really occur to me. Yeah, I didn't think about that either. Now, but <clears throat> she's got a pretty good mix there. So I think that's a big part, too, of why I most relate to Joanna, because yeah. I think she comes from the closest mm-hmm. um, part of the spectrum to what I am. Yes. Or, or how I, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we haven't really talked about, um, the, the ship that they were headed towards. This was kind of their end goal for everybody to get to the ship. Um, yeah. But do you want to talk about well, it a they little don't... bit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they don't know exactly which ship they're going to. They just know they need to get right. to the port. Right. In... I don't even remember the name of the city, but they're trying to get to the Baltic yes. so that they can get on a ship and get as far west as they can yep. to get away from the army. Mm-hmm. And um, they and everybody else on the planet at that point, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the ship that they end up on is Alfred's ship, mm-hmm. which we've spoken about. Yep. He's a sailor on this ship. And you find out pretty quickly that the ship is meant to hold, I think, 1,200 or something like that? It was. Passengers? I think it was only supposed to hold, like, um, 1,900 people. Okay. Yeah, it was somewhere in that range. I know it was less than 2,000 because um, at one point a soldier who's kind of above Alfred says, well, we're going to put at least a couple thousand on, yep. on board. And mm-hmm. Alfred's like, oh, well, okay, that's weird. Yeah. You know, it, it's only set up for, you know, however many. Right. Um, and then by the end, you find out they've loaded it down with 10,000 people. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this and, is a true event that happened in history. Uh, yes. Um, I actually had never heard of this ship. I don't know if you had... Um, I hadn't either. Yeah. This was completely new to me. Um, so apparently this is the worst maritime disaster. Yep. I think ever. Mm-hmm. More than um, the Titanic. And I had never heard of it. Yeah. I'd heard of the Lusitania. Mm-hmm. And that was maybe a couple thousand people, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd heard of the Titanic, same kind of thing. Yep. Um, but this one, they, they had 10,000 people on board. And as you can probably tell... The, the ship did end up sinking. Yeah. Um, oh, over 9,000 so, people died. Yeah. Just, I can't even imagine that number. Like, no. the, the um, just even being on that ship with 10,000 people, over 10,000 people. How, yeah. uh, where do people even go? You're just crammed together. I wondered the same thing. Um, it was originally... Built, I believe they said as a, um, like a, like the Titanic, like an ocean, like a luxury ocean liner. Yeah. Um, but it then became used for, of course, you know, the war efforts, like everything else. Mm -hmm. And, um, it just happened to be 
that this they used they were using this ship in that area and so they needed to use it for all these refugees mm-hmm. and um they in the story at least they didn't even have enough lifeboats for right. what this the boat was supposed to carry right which was like you know, nine two thousand people or nine you know, nineteen eight fifteen hundred yeah. or whatever. Yeah. They didn't even have enough lifeboats for that amount. Yeah. Um so I mean you can imagine just what that night must have been like. Unbelievable. <laughs> with yeah. With not enough boats for even mm-hmm. you know, even a even a minority really. So, do you want to talk about kind of the ending a bit, or do you want to... Yeah, I would love to. Before we do that, though, I did want to say that when I did some research about... it was The boat was called uh, Willem Gustav, I think. Yeah, yes. Um, But, you know, I was curious, why have we not heard about this huge, huge event in history... Um, yeah, there's a few reasons. <laughs> yeah, well, well, one thing was, um, I, I mean, this is what I found online, but you know, it is online, so who knows? But um, <laughs> uh, a lot of German people and German historians um, and publishers, you know, academic people, readers, things like that, they. According to this article that I was reading, they felt that it was, in a way, inappropriate for them to bring up um, this huge disaster because they were thinking about, you know, all of the atrocities that happened during war to the Jewish people. So they felt almost like you know, for us to bring up our suffering during World War II is not even comparable or we shouldn't even bring it up, you know? Yeah. Um, the, I would say, um, at that, and that's what I had read, even just from some of the stuff, um, at the back of the book, at the back of the book is a really amazing section, mm-hmm. um, where they have different interviews. I believe the author went and interviewed, um, these people, but yeah, if you don't, um, if you don't have the book and you want to know about it, maybe you'd be able to find it elsewhere. But the book itself has a really uh, great little section there. And that was mentioned as well back huh. um, in the back of the book. Okay. But right after it had happened, um, there was, it, it was actually like, like classified. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course, technically uh, the war was still going Yeah. at that point, right. I believe. And, so they they didn't Germany didn't want anybody to know yeah. that they had you know screwed up and put way too many people right. on the refugee boat right um, and it had gone down mm-hmm. because first of all the reason it went down was because it was torpedoed by a Russian right. submarine right um, so that was a Russian victory and mm-hmm. they don't they're not going to broadcast that mm-hmm. um, and then after the war it was actually classified for quite a number of years. I want to say into the seventies, I believe. Oh, wow. Um, where that was, that was like classified information. It was not, you know, it, publicly it didn't, known. S- some people knew about it, but it was, <clears throat> it was, I mean, I, I would imagine it was mostly the people that had lost, had lost people on it knew about it. But other than that, it was still considered, you know, classified. Yeah. Um, so when all of that kind of opened up in the seventies, you started having people, um, request permission to go down and dive Mm. to look at the ruins and see what they could um, see what they could find down there and all of that and try to figure out exactly where you know where things had happened like what exactly had happened with everything right and um, so that's when you start seeing these really interesting um, interviews with some of the divers and that kind of Mm. thing Um, it's years and years later yeah it's been you know 20 30 40 years right and um, so I found that super interesting, mm-hmm. just reading about these different divers and mm-hmm. um, and even she even interviews a survivor mm. of the disaster. The author and, did? And um, yeah, she did. Okay. Um, and that's at the back of the book as well. And it talks about um, basically this was like a, a little girl mm. who had been on the ship 
And she just asked her, like, you know, what do you remember of that? Because she was, like, maybe five, okay. four or five. So she was really little. Wow. And, of course, by the time the author interviewed her, she was in her 70s yeah. or 80s. I can't remember. So, of course, these are just kind of, like, snippets of memory right. of this little girl. Right, Um, But it's, it was, I found it so intriguing. And I felt so bad because this little girl, her story is that she, um, her mother you know, passed her off to yeah. a sailor who put her in a boat and her mom never made it on a boat. Yeah. And so hmm. that was the night her mom died. Wow. You know? Oh my goodness. Um, so yeah, just really, really interesting and tragic yeah. stuff kind of in the back here. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, for some reason did not read the, that back section. I, I wonder if I thought that it was like the beginning of another book that, cause she has obviously other historical books that yes. are out fiction, but you know, based on historical events. And I think I've read a couple of them. Um, I can't remember the names of them, but anyway, so I might've thought, Oh, this is the beginning of another book, but I really want to read that section because, um, just the the real accounts of what actually yeah. happened or what has been seen or discovered since then would be really, really interesting yep. to read. One of the divers talks about um, going down there and um, it seems like it wasn't very deep waters where it sank, hmm. or at least, at least it sounded that way to me because um, he said that if the ship had been had gone down like nose first part of it would be in the water like hmm. up over the water um so it seems like maybe it wasn't that that deep okay. where they sank and i don't know much about the baltic maybe it's not a super deep deep sea yeah. i i really don't know huh. um but anyway and he talks about just some of the things that he saw down there hmm. and some of them were just so intriguing he talked about there were you know there were shreds of clothing mm. there were many shoes yeah and he said were their owners running to safety in them or, mm. and kind of shed them to sort of try to go faster or what you know why were there so many mm. shoes he wondered okay um that's interesting because the poet that we talked about that traveled with joanna yes. the older man they called him the shoe poet yeah. And he was always yeah. uh, talking about um, where your shoes take you and wh the quality of shoes that you have, you know. Yeah, because he was a cobbler. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was his business. So he would look around and judge people by their shoes. Not judge them, but say like, oh, that person's going to struggle to get to the boat. Yes. Because, you know, because their shoes are the wrong yep, kind. Their feet are going have, to her you know. for this journey. So that's interesting. Yes. I wonder if that's why she put him in there. Um I don't know. He was honestly, he was he was one of my favorite characters. I yeah, he was, very and he didn't endearing. even have a a huge role, but he no, he didn't. He yeah, the way that he spoke was very poetic. He was always talking about yep. um, you know, how to like survive with like your shoes and your feet and stuff. But it was interesting the way that he. He put it, and then he took that little boy under his, his wing and, you know, protected him and yeah. watched after him. So, anyway, that was my favorite character, but that's why I yeah. I thought, he oh, I really... wonder if that's why she put him as the shoe poet in Could there. Could be. I don't know. I, I thought he was a really great character, yeah. too. Mm -hmm. um, so, this diver also talks about, so, for instance, there were military belts. Um, he said there was this... A uh, little, he said it, he called it a lovely plated little jug hmm. stuffed with silk scarves and they were all tightly packed in there. Hmm. And he said, why? He, he just, it just, all this stuff just fired his imagination so much. He, yeah. he said, why would, why would these scarves be packed into a jar? Like, did they need to save space hmm. or were they like sentimental to right. this person or, you know, and he said with time, the scarves had turned the color of brown silt. Hmm. And I just thought, I mean, I found it so, I mean, I think I found the, the end part with all the interviews and everything, at least as interesting, if not more yeah. than, than yeah. the book itself, because I had never heard of this disaster. Yeah. So this is a, this is, this really happened. Yeah. And for a long, long time, almost nobody knew about yeah. it. Yeah. 
And it's because just such it was a part huge, of this disgraceful thing. Yeah. It's such a huge story too. It's yeah. like to not And even in the seventies and eighties when things were opening up a bit more, yeah. um, there still wasn't a lot of stuff put out there about it. Um, because it was the same as what you were kind of talking about back right after the war. Um, you know, people were kind of like, well, I don't want to hear about what Germany went through. Are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah. But even, you know, 30, 40 years later, people still felt the same way. Like, we can't talk about what we went through. Mm-hmm. How, how can we be like, hey, there was this huge disaster? Mm-hmm. Of course there was, you know, the whole thing was a huge, right. you know? So even, even that much later, they felt like there was almost like yeah. this, this mentality of don't talk about what Germany went through. That's not. Yeah. That's not the narrative we're going with here, guys. Like, we we can't, we can't say that we had trouble. But the fact of the matter is that the average German, they didn't have anything to do with any of it. They just were in the wrong place in history at the Mm -hmm. wrong time. And, yeah. yeah. That's interesting that you put it that way because I, I know for me personally, like, when I tell my story to people that I might not know, um, you know, too well... This happens quite a bit, actually. They, you know, might share something with me about their life. And then they say, they, a lot of people have said this, but it's nothing compared to you. And I always say, your um, hardships are just as important. And um, I want to hear about them just as much. Because God has put you in a position to share your story too. And your story is going to change lives too. It's not just my story that people can relate to or, um, you know, work through things because of my story. It, everybody has a story to tell. Everybody has someone that they can reach through their story. So sometimes that makes me sad when people say that because, I know that I'm not the only one out there that has a story to tell. And, and I think sometimes Satan might use that to like quiet people down because I think he does. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you don't want to share if you think that it's insignificant and it's not insignificant. Everybody's story is, um, is important. And, um, yeah, so that just kind of reminded me of that. Um, yeah, I think you're right Beck, And I think especially, um, you know, our, it's like, and maybe this isn't anything new, but I do feel like more and more, um, almost it's like a, it's like a competition of who's had the worst time, Mm. you know, um, just in general, people feel like, well, I, I had this thing happen, but. Obviously, it's not the worst thing that could happen. So, well, of course not. I shouldn't even yeah. speak. I shouldn't even say it yeah. because, you know. And that's, it's kind of ridiculous when you think about yeah. it. Because all of, all of suffering is, is suffering to you. If yes. you suffered. Yes. Then that's not any different just because the circumstances were different. Yes. It felt the same to you. It felt, it felt the same. Yeah. You know, I mean, suffering um, is suffering. Somebody might have <laughs> exactly, um, and it's amazing that Satan causes all this suffering and then can turn around and make us feel bad about not suffering enough. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. So I, I just, it's, it's unbelievable, and you do want to just be like, no, your, your, whatever your story is, tell it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like somebody needs to hear your story. Exactly. Even if it feels insignificant exactly it's not (laughs) um i don't know if you've been if you have watched the chosen at all um i have been meaning to for a long time but i wanted to watch it with my family it is i want to watch it as a group it is so good we finished the first season and we're on the second season we actually bought the first season just a couple days ago but um we had already watched it so if you want to borrow it from me you can but the second season, it remind this conversation reminded me of the the one that we watched last night, because um, Simon, uh, you meet you know the disciples, and Simon really had 
in The Chosen had a hard time accepting Matthew um, because Matthew was a tax collector. Mm -hmm. He made his life hard. He, you know, everybody hated tax collectors. So uh, there's this scene where they're around this fire um, and Jesus is off doing miracles and um, and they're having this discussion about um, uh, Simon asks Matthew, oh, somebody asked Matthew about, you know, has it been hard for you to like come into this and, you know, all these Jewish rituals you don't know about or you haven't practiced. And then Simon kind of yeah. gets on him and is like, yeah, tell us about your woes. Tell us about how hard it's been for you, you know, and really yeah, like making fun of him. Like you haven't had it hard at all. And it, right. it kind of reminds me of that because, uh, people can look at you and say, you haven't had any struggles, whatever, but we have no idea what Matthew went through, yeah. the rejection that he felt, um, the, the process thinking behind the decisions that he made. And even after he followed Jesus, it was still hard for him because people probably still didn't accept him. And, yeah. uh, the feeling of, no, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep following Jesus, even though I know that some of these people might hate me and don't want to be around me. Yeah. Don't even want to touch me or look at me. Um, just, yeah, it just amazes me. Um, other people's stories are not something to be looked down upon or, you know, poo-pooed or whatever. Like, yeah. Yep. We have no idea what people are going through or the struggles that they have. Yep. Um, so, yeah. It reminded me of that scene last night because we just watched it last night. And, man. But if you do get a chance to watch it, um, we'll have to talk about it because. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> because Simon, whew, he is, he's a tough one to swallow. <laughs> He's just sounds about right. Yeah, he's in your face and almost. Yeah, you know, I've been no I've mercy. been putting it off because I want to find a time when our family can watch it together. Yeah, and so I need to just be like, guys, let's just sit down and do this. Oh, you know, it is so um, good, Laura, because I want to see it so good. Yeah, as a family. Yeah, we actually found the second season, which the first season you can find on Peacock, which is a free. Um, Yes. Okay. Uh, thing through Roku, but um, the second season isn't on there yet. I think because it's okay. still coming out. But we actually found it on YouTube. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, there's different options to find it for free. Um, okay. With you know commercials or whatever, but yeah, definitely, definitely should watch that. That was a little tangent, awesome. though, huh? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's never off topic when it's about Jesus. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know. Yes. Amen, sister. Um, but, but yeah, so this book, I, I enjoyed it. But again, like I said, I, I mean, just, just the fact that I had just, it's a whole chapter of history that I had never heard of. Yeah. Um, was so intriguing to me. Yeah. So, I mean, do you have more questions or are you ready for well, like ratings, did you want to talk about the end of the book? Because frankly, well, I was yeah. A little, do you want to? I was a little confused. Yeah, let's so, let's talk about the ending. Yeah. So it ends um, with um, Amelia. She okay. Help me out here, Laura. Was she? Did she survive, or was it her daughter that survived? I was so confused. I. My under, my understanding was that she did not survive, um, but that her daughter did. Okay, so Amelia so that was, was actually that was what I, um, she was raped, and that you she was pregnant throughout the book. Um, yeah, but you didn't realize that until later, and um, the end of the book was almost written almost dreamlike. So it was like, yep. is Amelia dying and having this dream of her child? 
or did this really happen? So go. I just wanted to give that background. You could go ahead and explain, but... Yeah, my understanding, um, at first I was a little confused too. I kind of thought like, okay, is what's, what's happening here? Is this like a scene from way later in her life? Mm. Um, but my understanding was that now her daughter, um, somehow survived Mm -hmm. and she did not, Mm -hmm. um, did remind me her daughter, did her daughter end up on a different boat? Cause I think, well, not boat. I think her daughter ended up on a boat and she did not. Okay. She gave birth. Didn't she give birth on the boat? She did. Okay. She gave birth she on, gave the, birth boat on the boat before the disaster. And I think her daughter did end up on a boat, but I couldn't, I think she yeah. gave her to somebody. And I think she kind of ended, I think Amelia ended up on a, um, oh, like just a f- chunk of floating yes. something, yeah. debris or mm-hmm. something. And, um, so she, she does, I think she ends up getting separated from her daughter, um, to save her daughter. And and then she ends up getting on like just a chunk of something and floating away. And she's, she happens to be on the same chunk as Alfred. Yes. So, um, Alfred is desperately trying to get onto a boat, Uh but he knows he's not supposed to be on one. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, because he's a soldier, he's not, you know, it's supposed to be women and children and, you know, all that, but he's kind of a coward and he really wants on a boat. Yeah. Um, but he makes it onto this, you know, piece of floating debris that she's on. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of like goes crazy. Yeah. Like he, I, I mean, I don't really know why exactly, but like he just kind of goes crazy and starts, it it seems like he, like, I think he realized that she was, um, Latvian. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or something. And that Which really she was, threw him because... She was trying to hide that the whole time. Yes. Yeah. The whole time she was trying to pretend. Or no, I'm sorry. She wasn't Latvian. She was... She was Polish. Yes. Yeah, Polish. She was Polish. Mm-hmm. That's right. She was trying to pretend she was Latvian. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. So anyway, um, as you can tell, we both, you know, <laughs> sometimes we read these a little, a little in advance little fuzzy. <laughs> um, yeah. Um... But yeah, so she basically, um, you know, kind of tries, just tries to save her baby and gets on this piece mm-hmm. of whatever mm-hmm. with Alfred. So Alfred figures out that she's Polish. And of course he, he hates, mm-hmm. you know, basically everybody who's not German. Right. And so he starts like trying to like kill her. I think he tries to like either push her off yeah. or something. Yeah. He's trying to get rid of her. And I, I feel like maybe he even, like, did he shoot her or something? Oh, I did he have a gun or something? I can't remember. And and so she's, like, injured, I think. I think he either, like, shoots her or beats her up or something. Yeah. And um, so she's, like, really injured. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like in the end she ends up kind of, like, shoving him off Yes. the, the piece of floating yep. debris. Uh-huh. And um, so I think Alfred does in the end actually die. Yes. Um. At this, at the, you know, mm-hmm. at the sinking as well. Um, but anyway, so her daughter um, is on a boat and she ends up being adopted by someone. Yeah. And I can't remember, but like there's a tie-in with a letter that comes along later. Yes. And I don't totally remember all the details, but you'll have to read it because it was kind of a cool tie-in. Yeah. Um, the Like a long time later. Yes. Um, a letter comes. The thing that confused me was, um, you couldn't tell if Amelia was alive or dead. Like, yeah, because she talked about like being with her daughter and it sounded like in the future. So I couldn't tell if maybe they both died and they were in heaven or, I mean, it was just, I think she was kind of, I almost took it as she was sort of picturing this beautiful scene Mm. after like. As she was dying. Kind of dying. Okay. I sort of saw it as that. Um, or I pictured it as possibly being like, this is her, like, way later in heaven or something. Because she was. She also pictured her mother, who was dead. Yes. Um, and so she's with her mom and her daughter, who never were alive together at any point. Right. So, right. you know, so I, I sort of almost pictured it as she was sort of seeing this in her mind. Okay. As she's dying. Yeah. And, um, you know, someday we'll all be together kind yeah. of thing. I did. I, I thought that was a little bit weak. Like, if you can't tell what's going on in the end, like, there's all these different versions that you could think it 
would be. Like, yeah. maybe they're all in heaven and the daughter died because the mom is there, the um, Amelia's mom. Or maybe Amelia got out and she's picturing her mother. Like, you know, there's so many different things that it yeah. could be. I thought that was a little bit... I, I wished it would have been clearer, I guess. I think for me, I it, it gave it away when you, that letter came. Yes. All yeah. Those, all those years later in like 1969 or whatever, yes. um, a letter comes to Florian talking about um, Amelia's daughter, basically. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember what the connection was, but again, it was, I thought it was kind of a cool tie-in. Mm. But um, that was kind of the giveaway for me that, oh, okay, the daughter did Yes, live. yeah. Um, Amelia didn't, but the daughter did. Yeah. It was just so. unclear. And I guess that letter almost I can seemed, see that. um, like an afterthought to me. I don't know. And, and I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, I, I feel like, I, I think she was almost going for something a bit poetic with that whole Probably. dreamy scene. Probably. And it maybe didn't quite come off how yeah. she wanted it to. Yeah. Or maybe just um, for me and, you know. Well, I, I had trouble with it just at the beginning, too. I kind of was like, well, what what is that, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I landed, I just landed on, okay, that's, like, her poetic way of saying okay. she's going to a happy place in her head yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I gotcha. Yeah, so. I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> that's my take. Yeah. We'll take it. <laughs> um, so. Is it time for ratings? I, I think it's time. All right. You want to go first? Sure. Um, so it's funny because I tend to, to take away a lot of different things from you. Yeah. Like, for instance, I thought the ending was stronger than the beginning. Okay. Um, the beginning, to me, I didn't quite work with the whole fate as a hunter and okay. guilt as a hunter and all that. Because I still don't totally see... Like, I feel like I would have to go back and reread it to understand yes. why guilt is a hunter or yes. why fate is a hunter. You know, like, so I wasn't... It didn't draw me in the way that you were saying it did for you. Okay. So I was a bit like, that's weird. Okay. Like, what are you talking yep. about? You know? <laughs> I can see that. So, you know, so I wasn't in love with that. But I did end up, you know, getting into it and being like, okay, okay. I got these narrators and they're each telling their perspective and whatnot. Um, so I did enjoy it overall. Yeah. Um, but I would say for me, it, I, again, I, I enjoyed the non the nonfiction yes. side of it more so than even the novel. Um, so for me, I, I'm going to have to give it an eight o'clock. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but it was really more just learning about the actual disaster. I think that I, that was I really most, kind of appreciated. Yeah. Intriguing. Yeah. I, yeah. I enjoyed knowing, uh, that this was historical. So knowing kind of what was going to happen in the end and the build up, the whole build up of it was interesting okay. to me. Um, yeah. And I, sometimes I think that the, uh, the different voices or like if a book is set in like two different times and there's two different voices going on, I feel mm-hmm. like that's been done a lot. And so sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, yada, yada, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for me, for this one, it worked because it was all the same time and you were just hearing different perspectives of the same time. So yeah, I, I enjoyed Yeah, I feel that. like that part did work. Yeah. Um, and I actually am giving it a Javalia, which is a four, because oh, nice. I, I really four. did enjoy the historical part of it the four different characters and stories and that it was four different, completely different voices. Um, yeah, you didn't in any way get anybody mixed up, you know, they all had their own story, their own voice. And I really enjoyed that. So yeah. Javalia. All right. Nice. Yeah. So, um, moving forward, do you want to talk about the next one or do you want me to, um, I'll let you do it because I don't remember what it is. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> what is it, Laura? So, I'm listening too. Well, we should say we've had a bit of a gap. So just, I mean, yeah, some background stuff. We, we recorded 
um, our last three all together while we were in the same room. Yes. Just to kind of get ahead a little bit. Yes. So it's been a little bit since we've done this. It so. has. Anyway. We know what we're doing. I just can't remember. <laughs> it's t- that's totally fine. Um, so our next book pick is actually, um, it's a, yeah, I believe it's a young adult. And it's called The Mysterious Benedict Society. Oh, of course. Yes. I'm actually yes. reading it right now. Why did I forget that? Oh, okay. <laughs> so it, it's okay. But I totally um, But don't let that throw you because it really is a fun read. It is. I, I think. Yes. Um, so, you know, I know we, we really try to do a, a pretty good mixture of different yeah. types of books. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe young adult is not really your thing, but I would say give it a try because it really is a, a just a, it's just a fun. Yes. Read. It's, and it's really, and it's, it's really cute. I also have to say, if you have heard about it through Disney plus, because right now they have, um, it's, it's a new series that they have coming out each week. Um, it is so good on Disney plus, but do yourself a favor and read the book first because yeah, read the, the book. book is it is a little bit different than the the series. But if you read the series, you're gonna not want to read the book. And I definitely recommend reading the book first. So yeah, yeah, read the book first it's if worth you're gonna it. watch it. It is worth it. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So join us here next time on Grounds for Discussion, where the coffee and the books are a perfect blend.